what happened was in heaven a woman was giving birth she was giving birth to jesus christ the son of man the the living god you know the one and true right he's gonna be in full human form roaming this earth right and then the dragon knew what she was about to give birth to which was going to be the symbolization of salvation. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins so that you would not die for your sins, but you will be able to have an opportunity to be forgiven for your sins in order to gain salvation. Christ brought salvation to this world. And, and the Satan knew that the birth of Christ would give God the opportunity to redeem his people for their wrongdoing right and so satan wasn't happy about that and he knew that the salvation was coming through christ himself and so he decided that you know what i'm gonna have to kill this baby before before it even gets here right and so he tried but he failed and not only did he fail at killing christ even though the pharisees thought that oh well we're killing this man who claims to be god himself no baby that was all part of his plan right but we're not going to get on that. That's too that's too deep for right now. We'll connect those dots later. Let's focus on the subject. You are now listening to Disciples in Progress, where believers in Christ renew their lives. Join the DIP community weekly as you learn about new ways of implementing God's word for practical use in your everyday life. Without further ado, now introducing your host and fellowship friend, Tamika Gray. Hello, hello, hello. You are now listening to Disciples in Progress, and this is episode number 29. This episode is titled Trying to Fight as a Christian, right? And I put Christian in quotation in quotation marks for a reason. But trying to fight as a Christian, aka let God fight your battles because he wants to, right? And so with this episode, we are going to take a deep dive into really just really talking about what it's like to fight as a Christian. And the reason why I put Christian in a quotation in the title is because I kind of am starting to move away from being or labeling myself or allowing others to label me as a Christian, even though I am a Christian per se, but like not like how people perceive Christians. I think people make up in their mind what a Christian is and what a Christian does and how a Christian should act. And I typically defy all of those things. And so it's just best to not even allow people to label me as a Christian because I'm going to disappoint you, right? I'm going to disappoint you. And I'm not in the business of fitting inside of anybody's boxes to make me believe or challenge me in a way that is just not conducive to the personal relationship that I have with Christ. Um, I prefer to call myself a believer in Christ, which more people can find commonalities in that thought process than commonalities in Christianity, because I believe that the labels of religions and religious beliefs separates people from actually making meaningful connections. Because if your source is the same source as my source and you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and he rose again with all power in his hands, then we believe the same way. So how I execute my religious practices or belief 
it that it still you know doesn't change my spiritual belief and my spiritual understanding and so trying to fight as a christian we just need to learn how to let god fight our battles so why this topic well we've talked about us being in a spiritual war you know episode 27 we really took a deep dive into what what is the spiritual war, right? We were able to identify who the real enemy is by reading Ephesians chapter six, verse 12, which I'm going to read it right here just to refresh our minds because you know, some of us didn't go listen to the last episode, which you should baby go listen. It's good. Um, but, um, Ephesians chapter 12, new living translation reads like this for you are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So who are we fighting against things in the unseen world, mighty powers in dark places and evil spirits in the heavenly places. Yes, there are evil spirits, Roman heaven, even those in the church that claim to be good ain't always good. Keep your spiritual eyes open, okay? Keep them open and keep your ears listening and your heart protected because everybody speaking into you ain't really speaking into you from the same source. Pay attention. So this battle isn't a personal battle, which episode 26 talks about that. And I know picking a side is important right either i'm going to serve in the kingdom of light i'm going to serve in the kingdom of darkness which we talked about that in episode 25 so today's episode we're going to be talking about the when and where did all of this start and where did it begin right so if you're interested in this well let's keep on listening to get into the root of the matter the way we're going to do that is by starting with the keys Okay, so for the three keys that we have for this episode, first, we're going to be breaking down the spiritual war in heaven, which is illustrated in Revelation chapter 12. We're going to have our reader read this out to us. And then the second key for this episode is heaven and earth mirror each other. So whatever has taken place in heaven will take place on earth. And heaven can be used as another term for like the spiritual realm, right? So whatever happened in the spiritual realm in heaven will reflect and reign supreme on earth. All right. So we'll be talking about that and using the word to highlight where we can find this information at. And then last but not least, the third key of this episode, we're going to be talking about, so what's the real beef? Like who's really beefing with who? What? Since this battle is not against flesh and blood, like I'm not really beefing with the coffee lady at the drive-thru, but I'm beefing with the nasty spirit behind the lady in the drive-thru. You know what I'm saying? I'm not beefing with my coworker about how they misread my email and now they're trying to knuck if you buck and have the uh, nation's drumline team in these email conversations i'm beefing with the spirit behind the person drumming on the dang on keyboard you know what i'm saying i'm not beefing with my cousin about what happened to us in 25 years ago i'm beefing with the spirit behind my cousin that made me want to beef with them okay so that's what we're gonna be doing like we really are about to take a deep dive into seeing who the real beef is because if i'm not beefing with the physical person in front of me but i'm beefing with the person behind them i got to know right 
And so we really want to get to the root of it all in this conversation. And I'm not going to take too much time because we really got to get to the breakdown. Let's get to the breakdown. So we're getting to the breakdown and we're about to go into the reading portion of this section. I need you to turn to Revelations chapter 12. We're going to be reading this through the New Living Translation. So yeah, I need you to get your Bible. And if you don't have your Bible, it's okay. I have a reader provider for us. Um, and I'm going to say fair use, fair use, fair use, because uh, I will have an illustrator from the Bible app reading to us. So let's get to it. So who, so wait, who is the author of Revelations? Because we're in the book of Revelations. And the author of Revelations is Apostle John. He is the author of the Revelations. So basically... He's, he's been, he's, John is delivering to us the many different visions, messages in which the angels are downloading into him, AKA giving him a prophetic word about what is to come on this earth. But many of the stories that's being told to apostle John are things that already happened in the spiritual realm, AKA heaven. And now will soon be taking place on earth. I want to point out that the dragon is Satan. The woman who is giving birth is the Virgin Mary. She is giving birth to Jesus Christ. Michael is an archangel. One of God's heavenly angels. We talk about God's heavenly armies and all of that. He is one of, he is like the head angel in charge, right? Um, and yeah, this war takes place on in heaven. And then it takes place, some of it ends up taking place on earth. So let's pay attention. Chapter 12, The Woman and the Dragon. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, with seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept away one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1,260 days. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent, called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. 
and they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. When the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But she was given two wings like those of a great eagle, so she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, and half a time. Then the dragon tried to drown the woman with a flood of water that flowed from his mouth. But the earth helped her by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that gushed out from the mouth of the dragon. And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. Then the dragon took his stand on the shore beside the sea. All right, y'all. So that was a lot, right? I told y'all y'all was going to need y'all Bible. See, y'all ain't about to just be able to come up in here and not have your Bible so that we can't really have this conversation. It's time to really start having this conversation. And so what did we just read? Basically, we just read about the spiritual war that took place in heaven that will now soon reflect itself on earth. What was the spiritual war? Well, the spiritual war was between a dragon and a woman that was given birth and then God's angels who ended up killing the dragon and, and gaining victory. And as a result of gaining victory in heaven, the dragon was then thrown down to the earth. And now he is after the woman, right? The woman who gave birth, right? And so those are the key highlights of the story. Now a metaphor is a figure of speech in which a word or phrase is applied to an object or action to which it is not literally applicable. So we are not about to see dragons running around on earth. We are not about to see the earth, like the sea, swallow up somebody or try to drown somebody. We are not about, we're not about to see none of that. So these are things that's happening in a spiritual but we got to pay attention to how it manifests itself in the in the physical sense, right? Now, I'm going to reread this story, not the full story, but this story in a context for a way in which you can understand. Because there were some things that was mentioned in here that kind of clouds the overall understanding of this. But I need us to really hear and pay attention to what's really being said. So we're just going to read the bones of the story, right? So let's get into our Bible. So it reads like this chapter, Revelations chapter 12, verse one starts with, then I witness in heaven an event of significant, of great significance. This is John the Baptist, the John the apostle talking. It says, I saw a woman, she was pregnant. And she cried out because of the labor pains and agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. So there's two things happening all at once. I saw a red, large dragon. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth. 
ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God prepared a place to care for her. Then there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to earth with all of his angels. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last, salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters have been thrown down to the earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimonies. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you will live in the heavens. Rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that his time is limited. We're going to leave it right there. So that outlines what happened, right? So Christ is the embodiment of salvation. And the dragon, a.k.a. Satan, decided that, you know what, I'm going to kill this thing before it even gets here. Or as soon as it gets here, I'm going to kill it because I don't want people to be saved by Christ. And so he loses the battle. And not only did he lose the battle of, of trying to stop God from blessing this earth with salvation but he also lost the heavenly battle like the physical battle to the point where he no longer was invited into heaven he got knocked down to the earth and now he's down here roaming with us and his little angel friends that we now call demons okay and so yeah that's what's going on now some things that i want to highlight is that one mary is giving birth to christ who was snatched up away from Satan and his angel friends. Second thing is I want to pay attention to Michael. Michael is mentioned in verse, um, verse seven. It says, then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. So who the heck is Michael? Michael is known as an archangel. An archangel kills Satan's or Satan's image as a dragon and they carry, archangels carry the banner, scales, sword, and weigh souls. They protect the Jewish people. Michael is one of the highest ranking angels in heaven. We got to learn about the different angels in heaven if we're really going to be talking about this spiritual battle, right? All right. And so I also want to point out in verse 9 it gives a great description of who Satan is and what he is doing now on this earth. Let's read it. It says the great dragon, the ancient serpent 
called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels. Okay. And so right beneath that, it talks about what was won in this spiritual battle. The whole purpose of this battle was one to save Christ, right? To make sure that he actually made it to earth in order to give us salvation. But on top of the, on top of us winning salvation, we was able to win power. We was able to win the, uh, the eternal existence of God's kingdom. And we was able to win Christ's, Jesus Christ's authority, right? How was we able to do this? By defeating the enemy with God's blood, aka the blood of the lamb, and the believers who believe in Christ, your testimonies defeat the enemy. It defeats Satan directly. It cuts him so deep because when you start testifying about the things in which God has done in your life, and you start to be the living example of what it is and what God can do for other people. Satan can't combat that. He can't make people believe in the lie when the truth is standing right in front of them. Right. And so you got to be able to testify. You got to be able to keep your testimony close to you. If you are not in a space where you want to share your full testimony, that's cool, friend. You ain't got to tell everybody. Tell your closest friends. You ain't got to tell them. God knows what you keep in your heart. And so does the enemy. Right. He only tests you on things that you need to be tested on. Okay. And so you got to keep, you got to keep the faith alive. You got to keep God's word alive. You got to keep your testimony alive. Start keeping a track record of all the things that God has seen you through, carried you through, delivered you from, uplifted you out of taking you and removed you and put you in a new place. Start keeping track, right? I also want to highlight in this chapter that in verse 12, there was a warning given. Here's the warning. It said, but terror will come to earth and the sea. Pay attention when Satan can't use the woman as his vessel and vehicle to destroy, distract, and to limit God's blessings. He will then use the sea, right? And when he can no longer use the sea as his vessel and vehicle to destroy, distract, and to, and try to eliminate God's blessings, he will use the earth. And when Satan can no longer use the earth as a vessel and vehicle to destroy, distract, and limit God's blessings on this earth, baby, he has been officially defeated because there is no more vehicles that he can use in order to influence and terrorize this earth no more. I'm sorry, your gig is up. It said that, that Satan knows that his time is little, right? And so what opportunity is now presented to Satan on earth that was no longer an option after the spiritual battle in heaven? What he is able to do now on earth is simply gather up more people to fall with him. That saying misery loves company is so real y'all it's so real it's like if i'm gonna die you gonna die with me if i gotta burn you gonna burn with me if i gotta you know some people just can't take their l's by themselves they gotta drag other people down with them 
That's not cool. That's not good. Some people do it in ignorance. Some people do it with intentionality. And, you know, you got to have discernment of the spirits to understand if someone's really trying to drag you down because they just don't genuinely want to be alone or if they drag you down with some intentionality. But either way it goes, baby, if you recognize that somebody is pulling on your coattail, pulling on your anointing, trying to sip up off you, bite out of you and take things from you. And they're not trying to replenish you, baby. I'm side adding you. Okay. Okay. So that was the breakdown guys. Moving on. Okay, guys, we got to get to the next point. We got to talk about how heaven and earth mirror each other and whatever takes place in the heavenly realms, a.k.a. the spiritual realm, will reign supreme on earth. And it's real quick. We just got to get to Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15. And this just brings us back to the Lord's Prayer. We've already talked about the Lord's Prayer on this platform. I'm not going to go too deep in it. I just want to read a little bit, right? Let me just read a little bit. I'm, so let's read. Um, it says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right. So the reason why I don't like the New Living Translation and I prefer the King James Version is because you got to start getting seasoned in your word, right? You got to graduate. You got to start understanding that, you know, it's, it's more to the story. Once you get seasoned in your word, even though you can't understand King James version completely in totality, the reason why you need to read King James version and probably most of the time cross-reference what you read is because sometimes in these translations, the substance, the true substance of the word of God can get lost in translation. And so let's read the King James version, right? The King James version reads like this. Be, be not ye therefore unto them for your father knoweth what things you have not need. You see how that reads? It just sounds crazy. Let's just keep moving on. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So in the King James Version, I'm going to stop right there. In the King James Version, verse 10 is where I really want us to zone in, right? Because we are looking for this to see how earth and heaven mirror each other. So verse 10 says in the King James Version, thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And in the New Living Translation, uh, verse 10 says, May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Read the translations to gain a basic understanding. Go back to King James to get the fruit of it all, right? And so King James Version, and um, we're reading the Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 15, but we're zoning in on chapter on verse 10 to highlight how heaven and earth is different. The King James Version reads, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The New Living Translation Version reads, 
may your kingdom come soon may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven i want to pay attention to the word is versus on right when we're talking about a word the word in i in it's it's referring to something located inside a defined space right and when we talk about something being on being on means when something is touching the surface of something right and so we're basically talking about something and i got to use this word penetration and if it, if it if it makes your mind go dark then you 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 a sinner like me okay uh -huh. so we got to talk about penetration right when you allow the word to penetrate inside of you right penetration is a very clear distinction of what needs to happen on earth right penetration is the act or process of making a way through or into something right the reason why the word in versus the word on is so important when we're reading god's word is because when something is in something it is inside a defined space so let's read the text again thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth meaning inside earth as it is in heaven like how it is inside of heaven right and king in the new living translation it reads may your kingdom come soon okay may your will be done on earth meaning on the surface of earth it's just touching earth it's not really getting through to earth it's not really penetrating earth it's just on top of it so it's not even really doing what it needs to do it's just sitting on top of earth no ma'am no sir that no we need to go back to the original text where it says when thy will be done in earth not on earth in earth it matters your words matter this scripture right here thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven represents the mirroring that happens whatever happens in heaven will happen on earth so i'm just gonna leave that right there and moving on to our last key of this breakdown <laughs> are going to be talking about what's the real beef like who is really beefing if i'm not beefing with this physical person in front of me then who am i really beefing and why ultimately this is going to break down why we should let god fight our battles because this battle ain't got nothing to do with us we just read revelation chapter 12 and saw that there was a whole war that happened in heaven so we're gonna use cliff notes to help us dissect what the real beef is and i'm gonna just read it i'm gonna clip I'm going to um, put this link in the uh, show notes so that you can review it for yourself. I'm not saying everything in here is 1000% true. You should never take my word for anything. You need to read your own book. I am not no pastor, no preacher, no, no, none of that. I'm just a person who reads my word and likes what I read and then won't come on a platform to tell y'all about my reading experience. Okay. I'm just trying to encourage you to go read it for yourself. So, uh, the cliff notes reads like this. According to the Old Testament, Satan was one of God's creation. The Old Testament passage in Isaiah and Ezekiel alludes to the angel Lucifer, who was the who was in the original position 
as a very exalted being and likely the highest ranking of all the angels. In Ezekiel 28 verses 12 through 15 states that in addition to being powerful, it's likely that Lucifer, a.k.a. Satan, he goes by many different names, y'all pay attention, was the most beautiful of all of God's creation. But Lucifer was not satisfied with his lot in heaven as God's favorite angel. Instead, Lucifer wanted to become God himself and planned what could essentially be called a military coup to overthrow God and take over as leader of the universe. In essence, Satan rebelled against God because he wasn't happy as an assistant to God, but instead wanted to have God's job. So Satan tempts Eve to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and tells her, for God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof, that your eyes shall be open and ye shall shall be as gods knowing good and evil satan convinces eve to eat of the fruit by telling her that after doing so she will know what god knows that's neither here nor there y'all that is it that wraps it up and there you have it folks another powerful message given to me by god always remember he works on me to get through to you every episode and if you enjoyed this episode please be a dear support my show by following me on ig at d-i-s-c-i-p-l-e-s in progress or just search for the dip podcast and i will pop right up don't forget to leave a review And until next time, bye. I want to give y'all a quick bonus before I leave. You know, I've been being intentional about my words here recently. And I've been noticed that some of the slang kind of puts us down spiritually, right? Because your, your, your tongue can breathe life or death. And so just being mindful of the things that you say. And sometimes I got to stop saying certain things too. I'm not perfect. I'm not expecting you to be perfect, but just to be aware, right? When people say, girl, ooh, I'm weak, he, 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 girl, that means you are spiritually weak. Stop weakening yourself. Stop killing yourself like that. Stop making your light be dim. Every time you say, I'm weak, it's not cool to say I'm strong. So just void it out of your vocabulary in totality. And then just side-eye people who say they weak and pray for them that they get some strength, right? Um, the next thing that people have been saying, or I've heard recently, or I've been saying myself is I'm down with that. When somebody's asking you to do something, oh yeah, I'm down with that. Let's do that. You know what I'm saying? No. Why are you down with that? Why are you D-O-W-N down with that? That makes me think of the depths of hell. I don't know. Down with that. Just say I'm up to it. Right? Change that to I'm down with that to I'm up to it. We ain't trying to get down with nothing. The Lord threw the dark angel down and his and his demonic friends down with them. I ain't trying to go down with them fools. Lift me up, Lord. I'm up to that. Or just don't say I'm down with that at all. Just say, okay, I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, change your vocabulary. Stop allowing slang to tear you down. It's tearing you down spiritually. Pay attention to your words. Another thing that people say is, 
devil's advocate. Why are you advocating for the devil? Who does that? And we just openly say that like it's cool or something. Stop advocating for the devil. Every time somebody says that they advocating for the devil, I know you're trying to have a disingenuous conversation because you want to bring up a latter point to just skew the conversation if it's probably possibly going well pay attention in how they use it because the only time that a person wants to play the devil's advocate or advocate for the devil because that's really what you're doing you're advocating for the devil you know what i'm saying you just trying to throw a monkey wrench in the conversation or the points that's being made to look at it from the other side I'm not saying it's not okay to look at things from the other side or from a different perspective because it's always necessary. But stop saying you advocate for the devil. Anybody that says that, I'm side out of you. Real hard. Okay? And the last thing that I want to highlight is stop seeing you the GOAT. Right? If you look up what Satan looks like in today's modern times, you're going to see a GOAT head in a human body. That is Satan. That's what he looks like. You telling people they the goat. That's the thing they're saying. You the devil. You the devil. You the devil. You the devil. Man, if you don't just kill that word completely and just say you the real MVP, you know, or just don't say nothing at all. You know what I'm saying? Take it out your vocabulary. Stop calling people the goat. They're not the goat, goddammit. Unless you really mean to call them. And I said, goddammit, shit shoot lord um see you start cussing a little bit then the real cuss words start to come out lord watch my mouth i'm tired it's time to go it's 2 54 a.m in the morning this podcast should have been put out already bye